Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dominic here with Street Talk Theology. I want to say hello to all our street talkers. Just hoping you guys are taking your sound theology and bringing it to the streets. Give me a shout out, PastorGrimaldi at gmail.com. Any subject would be okay. I try to answer your questions in any way, shape, or form. Again, we're taking our show abroad. I'm on Zoom with uh, my two wonderful brothers from India, uh, Pastor Michael Teddy, Ashuk Mahone from Redemption Hill Church in India. And we've been talking about sovereignty and responsibility uh, for the last two weeks. Am I right, guys? And something that was uh, brought just on my heart as I was listening, you know, this is hard stuff. I mean, when you talk about God's sovereignty, man's responsibility, um, this is hard stuff. And I think both these brothers would agree with me. And we're not here as think tanks. And by God's grace, if, if we're scholars, we're only doing it for his glory and honor. But we are pastors. I mean, we, we're, we're pastoral in what we're trying to do. So I wanted to try to round off this discussion pastorally. Um, and I want both these brothers to give their pastoral advice on God's sovereignty and, and, and human responsibility. And we did say it's an antinomy. It's not easy to put together. Spurgeon said that. I mean, it's kind of a paradox, but they're both in the Bible and, and things of that nature. But what I want to ask uh, first, uh, Pastor Michael, is, you know, people, people may hear this and say, well, where am I? Am I called? Am I chosen? Am I in the middle? Am I where am I at? I mean, and those are fair questions. You know, am I a Judas? Am I a Demas? Am I, you know, and, and I think as pastors, you know, you know, we have to answer those questions. I mean, how do you know, Pastor Michael, somebody listens to this and he doesn't get a knock on his door and say, I don't know, Pastor Michael, am I, maybe I'm a Demas. I don't know. And, and so we don't want to neglect that, right? Right, Pastor Michael? Yeah. Ashuk, we don't yeah. want to neglect those questions because if we do, then I think we leave a stone unturned, you know? So, yeah. Pastor Michael, I, I've, over, I've already spoken for almost three minutes. So I, I want to I just throw the ball in Pastor Michael's court and, and I'm going to throw it to uh, Ashok. Also, um, so help us on this, Pastor Michael. I mean, what I'm saying, does it make sense? I mean, do you know where I'm coming from? Yes, yes. This is, this is a question. These are situations we all run into in a church. Uh, and pastorally, we, we definitely see this. Um, something that John Piper said actually really caught my attention, you know, and, and forgive me for quoting a lot of Piper. He is, he is the theologian that helped form a lot of my understanding of scripture. And one of the things that uh, John Piper said is his only confidence that at the age of, so I'm, I'm guessing he's, he's in his 70s now, but 
he he said the only confidence that i have that i will not abandon the faith in my 70s that i will not leave jesus and abandon the faith and become an atheist the only confidence i have is that god will keep me mm. and so when we approach these difficult topics the the challenge for us is to trust god as we approach them because we need to know that there was a judas iscariot we need to know that there were people in scripture who professed faith seemed to be in the faith and then ultimately walked away paul spoke about them the bible spoke about them and they are given for our good those things are being written in scripture to help us understand that to be a christian is not a mere verbal confession to be a christian is to live a life that is changed by god my my one of my favorite verses in scripture is philippians 2 uh, 12 and 13 work out your salvation in fear and trembling for it is god who is at work in you to act and to will in accordance of his will for his good pleasure and and when you think about the seriousness of what that statement means that that the god whose power split the red sea into that the god who kept the sun from setting when joshua went to war the lord who created everything that we know that exists in the universe he works inside of us so when we work out our christian life when we work out our faith we do it in fear and trembling knowing that he is at work in us and so when we approach these questions of am i chosen and am i really saved uh, has god am i one of the elect and when we face these questions we need to have better questions because these are not the questions the scripture asks us to answer because the questions there are better questions for us to ask there are better things for the that the scripture instructs that we must do when we try to understand how things work sometimes we are drawn into that you know a high minded technical discussion trying to put all the lego pieces in place so to speak but what the scripture promises us is that he will not turn away any who come to him mm. and if we come to him yes, that's a promise in scripture and the scripture promises us that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts that Jesus Christ is lord and we live our lives in 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 giving our lives to him in pursuit of him in loving him then we begin to bear the fruit of the spirit and god works through all those things man is called to respond to the bible called to respond to the gospel So when people come and ask me the question am i the elect i ask them the question did you choose god <laughs> and if they came and if they came and told me how can election be i chose god i tell them that's because god elected you and the and the point is we can believe both with equal intensity without fighting to resolve it with our logical brain mm 
And so when we approach these things, you look at the at what scripture calls you to do. And if you are a person who is who's confused, am I really elect or am I really uh, called? Well, you will know if you're willing to respond to what the Bible calls you to do. And so you run. And as you begin to run that race, if again, like we're saying, the confusion is what if it, I begin like Judas and end up not like, you know, I end up uh, doing what he did, you know, and I end up walking away from the faith. And what the scripture tells us is that's not the question. The question is you will walk away from the faith if it's left mm. up to you. There's, no, there's no question about it. All three of us, even now, as we're talking about this, if it were not for the power of the Holy Spirit, we would abandon Jesus and walk away because we are not strong enough. We are not wise enough. We are not secure from our sins enough by our flesh. We are kept and carried by the power of God who is at work in us. So when we go back to Romans 8.30, instead of reading it in the light of, resolving sovereignty and uh, man's responsibility. If we just approach the text and look at what it says, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he called. And those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. We can't do this he can. Mm -hmm. And so what we can do is run to him and cry out to him and say, Lord Jesus, we need you to work in our lives. Uh, I, I love the prayer of the, uh, the father of the de uh, demoniac uh, when uh, Jesus and the disciples come down from yeah. the uh, you know, Mount of Transfiguration because he approaches and says, I believe, help my unbelief. I love that prayer. And that, that's the prayer we have where we say, Lord, we talk about your sovereignty and our responsibility. We did three podcasts. We did it boldly. But here's the thing, Lord, if you won't keep us tomorrow, we, we're going to walk away. We, we, we can't do Amen. this by our strength. Keep us, Lord. Keep us, Lord. And so the answer is run to Jesus. The, the encouragement is, brothers and sisters, he is able to save from the worst to the most pitiful, he is able to save. And we are examples of that. I can't even think mm -hmm. about where I was as a young man and where I am today. If you ask my mom and my dad, if they ever thought that I would pastor a church, they would have laughed at you 15 years ago. But now when they look at it, they're just stunned, not by what I did, but by, but by what God decided to do. If we Amen. run to Jesus, if we pray for our families, if we bend our knees, that God will use to rescue us. He will not turn away those who run to him. Now, we could go into the theology of that and say the reason you're running is actually because God is at work in you. And the point is, if we leave it at that intellectual level, we run in, sometimes into a lot of confusion that sometimes that what we ought to do is take the scripture at face value and believe the Lord that he is sovereign and believe the Lord that we are responsible and do what he has called us to do. Amen. So Ashok, no, that's great stuff. I mean, we could, I could have just 
kept the tape going there. <laughs> Good stuff. Thank you, Pastor Michael. But I think what look now in Jude, it says, uh, this is exactly what Pastor Michael says. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Man, that's it. See, what I wanted to do today is I want to encourage people. Ashuk, I mean, that's an encouraging scripture, right? He's able to keep yeah. you. Please. Yeah, and uh, uh, funny thing, I was exactly thinking about Jude 24 to 26 while Mike was... Uh, Praise <laughs> the Lord, maybe God's in this, right, Pastor Michael? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, I love it. It's because uh, in uh, Jude 24, it says, now, Jesus is the one who is able to keep you from stumbling and present you uh, blameless. And in the beginning of Jude, it says that, and he, you are kept for Jesus Christ as well. Um, and it's it's just Jesus everywhere throughout our salvation from the beginning to end. Uh, at least for me, I, I would say this: I have um, I I remember coming uh, to the faith from a Hindu background, becoming a Christian, and not being convinced of my salvation. Now that's an odd spot to be because you're not convinced of your salvation. Um, at the same time, you can't go back now. <laughs> you're kind of stranded in between. So you really have to know whether you're saved or not that pushed me to just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and figure out whether I was saved or not. Um, I think it was a season that, uh, and, and my theology wasn't that good, not that I'm a great theologian now, but my theology was really bad back then. So as far as I was concerned, how, the way I understood it was that you are not saved unless you have the gift of tongues. <laughs> That's how I understood uh, sal what salvation was. So I kept praying and I would look up into the ceiling every five minutes look, looking for the uh, tongues of fire to come down so that I can be saved. So, But what happened across a, uh, one month of continuous prayer was God started teaching me truth from the scripture. Suddenly the word of God uh, started becoming beautiful i could harmonize scripture god was using it to encourage me and by the end of that one month though i did not see tongues of fire come down i was convinced that i was saved and mm -hmm. god used one john specifically uh, uh to uh, bring in such a conviction and uh, one john i think is an amazing place to go uh, whether uh, if you want to <laughs> have a good uh, test of um, salvation and uh, uh, we use a few markers from 1 John such as uh, 1 John says that you call God a liar if you say you do not have sin uh, clearly mm. all people have sin but the the difference is that you're not a worker of sinfulness or a uh, you're not a practicer of sinfulness so one mark that uh, John says is that you are not uh, willfully and continuously sinning like it, like it says about it in Hebrews 6 as well and as a believer if you're doing that that scares you and you go back to praying uh, asking for repentance and we know even people like uh, uh, so the man after God, God's own heart David uh, yes. his crimes were great but the difference is that he repented and he went back to God he ran after Jesus he sought uh, after Jesus so that is one marker and it says how another way we know we love our, uh, we, we um, are of Jesus is through the fellowship through our love for the saints mm. so 1 John has a bunch of markers like that and uh, one thing that I found interesting about 1 John all these markers you can't really know or use these tests properly unless you're part of a healthy church.
so yes. you cannot have love for your brothers unless you have brothers around you and uh, you cannot be fruit bearing unless you have somebody to bear the fruit apart right uh, you cannot practice patience unless you're put in circumstances where you have to be patient with people uh, for people who are struggling with the whole question of elect or not i think the first step has to be to find a godly church healthy church plug in at some level i think that that tension is good as well because it pushes you to seek after god to know the uh, it's one thing to read and understand one john intellectually it's another thing to know it in heart because holy spirit has convicted you of your uh, salvation so i think the spiritual process and that pursuit of uh, figuring this thing out is also kind of important which only comes through praying and praying and praying and seeking after jesus christ the reason for this segment is i wanted people to be encouraged and i'm getting encouraged just listening so i'm just i'm just passing in the baton uh, back uh we're at 16 minutes uh michael this is encouragement time this is encouragement challenge um pastor michael and and just keep rolling i'll even if i get it off the air you can preach to me so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, in in fact when when ashok was saying that i was thinking um when we look in when we look at the bible uh, when we say theology matters when we look at uh, all of these things I, i have a lot of people who also come to me just confused because um what do you do with these kind of things and i i tell you know especially when it comes to god's sovereignty and things like that the problem is <laughs> they meet a lot of guys who are high on god's sovereignty and sometimes too high on god's sovereignty uh and you find people that are so imbalanced on the topic you know and they can't That's find a great point great point and what what begins to happen is that puts them off right they're like oh no this is bad so either way people tend to be affected by by questions like these and they are definitely questions of the heart but what what is if we come to the bible with open hearts we see what scripture very plainly and clearly teaches us is that the scripture teaches us that in christ we are new creations and as new creatures we have left we have left behind the old self that lived after the pleasures of the world and have put on the new self that live after the pleasures of god amen and so that is a transformation that happens in the life of the individual and so we have sufficient amount of evidences that we will bear in our lives that evidence whether we are a believer or not you know even when ashok was saying about his confusions in those times am i saved is this real uh, you know how do i know i am saved and when you reach that point and i'm sure ashok can add to that when you actually see in scripture that i am i mean that's that's the that's the struggle martin luther had right uh, luther struggled with that question because he did not understand how going to the confessions to the priest and confessing for hours and and then leaving and remembering that he thought of another sin and then going back and repeating this in fact there was a point he said love god i hate god because <laughs> yeah because because he, his demand is so big i can't keep it and when he then began to read the scriptures and he began to read paul and he began to see that salvation is by faith alone 
It's by grace that Jesus works in our hearts. You you didn't you didn't see a Leith, uh, a Luther that was <laughs> crying weighed down by his sin after that. You saw Luther freed, and Jesus has come to set us free. And mm. so, the when when Ashok too realized, okay, this is this is what it means. I am saved because this is what the scriptures say, and I have faith in me, and I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you understand that that was performed in you by the power of God. You will always live your life in the confidence of that hand that is upon you. Like David says, your your discipline is like anointing on my head because a father who disciplines his child is a father who loves his child. And so what we begin to do in our Christian walk is we just begin to more and more have confidence in God. My, my father always has this thing that he keeps saying, be like Enoch, be like Enoch, walk with God, just, just walk mm. with God. And sometimes I think, you know, that's, that, that's what the scripture tells us, right? It, he walked with God and God took him. But when, if we were to kind of think about that phrase very simply, as, as a common, as a, you know, as a simple man, when I think about that phrase, that makes a lot of sense. I'm called to live my days walking with God. I'm called to live my days in pursuit of him. And as I walk with him and as I pursue him in my activities, in my prayer, in my devotion, in my intent to know him and love him and serve him, um, he begins to become more. And my love for him grows. Mm. And at some point, from a fresh believer to a maturing believer, maturity is revealed in less confidence in yourself and more in God. Mm. And that maturity is revealed when you begin to more and more say, I have assurance that I'm going to heaven because he who brought me this far, he who began this good work in me is faithful to bring it to completion for his glory. I can trust him. He is going to do this. So you begin to have greater and greater confidence in him, not in yourself. Amen. When you start off, you have a lot of confidence in yourself and God begins to strip that away and you begin to have more and more confidence in him. Praise the Lord. Ashuk, you got two minutes. Tell, just, <laughs> just yeah. encourage us for the last couple of minutes. This we'll close out. And you guys will miss because we'll probably talk a little bit afterwards. But uh, Ashu, yeah. please. So uh, there's this brilliant illustration that Dr. D.A. Carson once uh, gave um, on a T4G platform, if I remember right. Uh, it was probably a T4G platform. And he was in the pulpit and he gave this illustration about two Israelites um, on the night before the Passover. One of them was truly convinced uh, that God would protect them uh, and the angel of death will not visit their house uh, because they had uh, cover, you know, they have uh, used the hyssop to uh, mark their house with the blood of the lamb. And he was very much assured that uh, the angel of death will not um, enter their house or cause death. But the other man, though he had done what had to be done, he had covered his house with the, he has, uh, you know, he had marked his house with the blood of the lamb uh, using the hyssop. Though he had done it, he, he didn't have that assurance. He was still scared. But, but what if the angel of death would still, uh, uh, what if I did it wrong or what? All those kinds of fears was there. One man was assured, the other man wasn't assured. Um, and 
then was a night of the passover the angel of the death passes by the israelite camp and egypt and the question that dr d carson asked uh, was this whom uh, what do you think happened to the both those families the very next morning do you think because of the lack of assurance uh, the the second uh, family was struck by the angel of death death and the first family was not mm. no both no. the families were struck by the angel of death because it was not their assurance that saved them by but the blood of the lamb amen so yeah that was a illustration that was very encouraging uh, for me uh, even while i was uh, you know seeking off to the whole uh, trying to find if i was saved uh, in the first place yeah well uh we're out of time man that was good right i i it was easy for me i just got preached to i like i like that uh, i preach enough so i mean it's good to get preached to um again this is pastor dominic romaldi here with street talk theology and i do say that conversations like this we have so many conversations in this world about stuff that don't, doesn't mean anything but conversations like this are real because we're speaking about eternity we're speaking about one's eternal life we're thinking of, we're speaking about doubts and not doubts but what eshok left us with i believe is god is sovereign god is kind and he's a good god the bible says can we say it pastor mike come to me all you are heavy laden and i will give you rest in jesus Amen. name hester dominic romaldi which we talk theology where we take theology and bring it to the streets in jesus name thank you for joining us for street talk theology with pastor dominic romaldi you can visit pastor dom at desert sky baptist church at 891 west corson road casa grand and for more information visit us online at www.desertskybaptist.org Thank you.